Welcome to another edition of Salt City FC solo show, writing solo. You may recognize half my voice, but I'm I'm uh, only one person today. Uh, your venerated host of this program, Jacob Hatch, is uh, a little busy. He's got some family stuff to deal with. Um, you know, wife, children, that kind of thing. Things that I don't know any about. So I'm Sean Walker. I'm going to ride you solo through this episode of Salt City FC today. It's going to be a really short one. Uh, single topic issue, if you will, about Real Salt Lake and soccer on the Wasatch Front because we had some pretty big news this week come out of the RSL camp. And we're just now getting around to digesting it some. I've, I've thought about it a lot, written about it a little bit in my day job. And I uh, actually had a really, really neat opportunity to talk to somebody who was m- most affected by this news. Um, and that is the round of staff cuts and pay reductions in the RSL camp. Um, so if you haven't heard about it, last, uh, last Tuesday, RSL announced that the club was reducing staff and cutting pay to its senior executives and all the way down as a result of the novel coronavirus pandemic. Um, it's not something terribly new. A lot of businesses right now are having to find ways to tighten their belts. And and in a lot of cases, that means, unfortunately, cutting some people. People are losing jobs. I mean, here in the state of Utah, we see historic unemployment rates. I think uh, more than 30,000 people have filed for unemployment so far uh, as a result of the novel coronavirus. So our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to everybody affected by these cuts, um, whether they be furloughs or layoffs or uh, whatever official legal definition you want to use. Either way, people are going without jobs and we we certainly have them at the near the top of our thoughts and prayers list right now, in addition to those who are physically battling the novel coronavirus. Um, it's a really tough time. Stay safe out there, people. You guys know what you can do. Stay home. Uh, wash your hands. Just try to keep things clean and sanitary, and we'll eventually get through this. We're going to get through this. Um, but from an economic standpoint, uh, RSL was denied a portion of the federal CARES program. That's the $2 trillion stimulus package recently signed by President Donald Trump to help stimulate the economy during this this rough patch. And as a result, they said they uh, have been forced to, to cut positions and pay across the organization. So I've spoken with a couple of people inside of the organizations and some of those who are tangentially related to Real Salt Lake. Um, these cuts were pretty deep. They, they affected a lot of people, whether in pay structure or just losing their jobs entirely. Uh, and it wasn't easy for anybody. So I, I don't want to make out like it was. I know RSL is being vilified right now by some in the fan base. Um, and while I think some of the criticisms are probably fair, a lot of them probably aren't as well. Uh, here, here's this part from the RSL statement that I think is particularly noteworthy. Um, and you can find their full statement on our RSL.com or just about any other news outlet that covers a team at this point. But they said, uh, as a result of the federal CARES program, uh, we're forced to adapt 
and align our workforce appropriately to force these to face these new challenges and difficult circumstances. This will require a reduction in salary for all executives and staff, as well as a decrease in staffing levels across the organization, which includes a furlough of some of our staff members. This is obviously a distressing outcome as we deeply value and appreciate each of our employees. It's been noted that RSL Deloitte Hansen maybe could have done more to save his employees. I don't know if that's the case. I, I think cuts were probably going to happen no matter what. Although, again, I do think some of the criticism that he's facing is probably a little bit fair. Um, he he does have a net worth of, of between 3 and $4 billion, I think was the last Forbes estimation I read. He's obviously very deep-pocketed, but he's used those deep pockets in some really good ways, I think, for both soccer fans and non-soccer fans here on the Watts front. I mean, just a couple months ago, he donated over a million dollars to Intermountain Healthcare, and that type of donation is still being used right now to battle the coronavirus. I mean, just, a, a, what, two or so weeks ago, he donated $5,000 and a whole mess of food to the Utah Food Bank as the pandemic was just barely starting to, to affect people. I mean, there's a lot of good that he's done with his money. And I don't like telling people how they can spend their money, um, but that seems like as good of a way to spend it as as anyone. He's, he's also poured funds into the local soccer community, the likes of which I don't think we've ever seen here in the Wasatch Front, you know? I mean, let's, let's not remember, let's not forget the $80 million training facility that sits out there in, in Harriman. That building probably doesn't get built if not for Deloitte Henson. Um, he's he's obviously done a lot of good. But as some have pointed out and, and reminded us, um, he also spent $1.3 million on a rare historic 125-year-old dime last year. Uh, a couple months before that, he spent $3.9 million in a historic auction trade for a trade dollar from 1885. He's obviously a valued coin collector, and, and I don't know enough about that space to really talk too much on it, but some have called into question whether those were prudent uses of his funds. Again, I mean, $3.9 million to a billionaire probably sounds like maybe $1,000 to some of us uh, working class type folks. So I don't know how big of an impact this really has on his overall business operations. It may or may not be fair to compare the two, but people have pointed it out. And so I thought we should point it out. Uh, either way, the really hard part is people are losing jobs. I've known people who are personally affected by this. Um, I've reached out to a few of you, to those that I haven't, my apologies. Uh, please take this, this sort of public notice as my personal thoughts and prayers, I'm thinking of you guys right now. If there's anything I can do for any of you, um, you know how to find me. You know how to reach out to me. Uh, I think that's kind of a common story with a lot of us. This pandemic is rough, both physically, financially, and economically, but we're seeing a lot of good in people. There are a lot of people available, both officially from governmental forms and unofficially, just from our friends, our neighbors, our family members who are going through tough times. Please reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Um, we're here for you. We're all in this together. If there is anything any of us can do to get through these tough times, now is the time to band together. I, I think that's the important thing about this. That's what 
the sporting community has taught us. That's what the soccer community in Utah has taught us. Is we're all in this together. We're all friends. We're all family in a lot of ways. Please don't be afraid to to reach your hand out and say, "Yeah, guys, I'm struggling. Um, I'm I'm struggling some." And don't be afraid to offer your hand either. If you're maybe if you're not being hit as hard by others, um, there are plenty of places that you can donate both time and money and and any sorts of means necessary. If you have a little bit of extra. Think about sharing it right now. Um, I think that's a lot of the good that can come out of the COVID-19 pandemic is just sharing, being there one for another. Um, again, we're going to get through this. And that was a lot of the message that I heard from uh, Jesse Sanchez this week. Sanchez is a, I guess now former RSL employee slash Real Monarchs employee. He worked in... In ticketing sales, he's a group experience manager for Real Monarchs and the Zions Bank Training Center. Um, so he he was in charge of selling tickets and, and bringing in large groups of fans to Zions Bank Stadium. And, and he's a big Monarch supporter. He loves the team. He was in Louisville last year when the Monarchs won the USL Cup championship. Um, and unfortunately, his position was one of the ones that has been suspended through uh middle the middle of june i believe i don't have the exact date in front of me but you'll hear it here coming up in this interview because jesse reached out to me and said hey um i've been directly affected by the by these cuts um obviously his position has been suspended uh and this came just about a week or two after his wife had her position eliminated she worked in retail in the greater salt lake area and so i think i think uh these two have a really unique perspective on the economic down um, downfall, the economic hurt. What, what I don't I don't know the, the word to use, but the economic ramifications of COVID nineteen. Um, ironically, when I called Jesse, he was not doom and gloom. He was not depressed. He didn't have an air of of consternation in his voice. Um, he was actually kind of happy, and I think the optimism that he has during a really, really tough time is something that a lot of people need to hear and a lot of people can can kind of take note of. Um, our situations are in many ways what we make of it. Um, so without further ado, here's a little bit of advice and a little bit of joy courtesy of former Real Monarchs and Real Salt Lake group ticketing manager, Jesse Sanchez. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Joining us now on the other end of the line from his home in the greater Salt Lake area, just like the rest of us, because we're all homebound right now. Uh, but we've got a, a really special guest here uh, on the show. Uh, first time guest, but we'll get into that here in a little in a little minute. His name's Jesse Sanchez, and he's not Kyle Beckerman, although he's got very similar Kyle Beckerman hair. Um which I wish you guys could see this on our Zoom chat right now. It's phenomenal. Give that thing a little wave or something, just for me. Uh, oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thank, but, you. Uh, Thank you. But Jesse Sanchez is uh, currently an in-between employee, used to work with Real Monarchs as the group experience manager. So if you've 
heard calls. If you've been called by him, you might recognize his voice, that kind of a thing for, for group ticketing packages to Royal Salt Lake, the Monarchs, uh, Utah Royals FC, et cetera. That could be why you recognize him. Jesse, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us for a couple of minutes on the show. Sean, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jesse was really, really kind to join us because as I'm sure you all have read, it's been all over the media. It's been in newspapers, websites, everything covering the team this week. Um, Royal Salt Lake and their parent organization, Utah Soccer, had to let some people go. Some really uh, valued employees that they furloughed, uh, furloughed, cut, laid off, whatever word you want to use. I'm not a legal expert, so don't hold that against me. Um, Jesse was one of those guys. So he's, so he's been through this process and I thought it was really important that he kind of come on here and, and just talk about that, his, his experience going through this layoff process. Um, so Jesse, let's kind of start a little bit at the beginning. Um, how did you, how did you find out that, uh, these staff cuts were happening? Um, and, and what was just kind of the, the overall experience, what did they tell you uh, in terms of resources that are available to you and, and when you can potentially maybe get back to work? All right, so the immediate thing that happened here first was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had a couple of rumors going around that um, the furlough was looking prominent, like it was possible to happen. And then they tried to squash the rumors, which they did. And about two weeks later, we ended up seeing an all-staff email, which was the same press release that you had put out on KSL.com. And then that email, it did notify us that staff would be, a, a handful of staff would be furloughed and remainder would be having pay cut. And so from that all-staff email is when the news was broken out. Shortly after that, you had released your story on KSL.com. And so for me, what had happened, I wasn't sure if I was going to be in that mix at first. But, I mean, obviously, you can only assume the worst, and so you just prepare for that. Um, I think I got the news about 10.45 in the morning on Tuesday. And come about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I had a one-on-one phone call. Not a one-on-one, but a group phone call with my director and my VP, or the president of the Monarchs. And the president had notified us while my director was saying a statement that was prepared by the team that until June 25th, my position is furloughed. Um, what this means is due to the CARES Act, we weren't going to be provided for. So we had to reassess and go to a contingency plan, which resulted in us being pushed back. And they did notify us in there that there were resources for us, such as unemployment, and they did actually advocate and advise us to push for the unemployment. So I was really impressed, to be honest with that, because, I mean, an organization was saying that a resource uh, such as un unemployment was available and was trying to actually encourage us to do it. I mean, they said the words, we encourage you to go for it. So that was the, the, the breakdown of what happened. Um, as of right now, obviously, you know, the season's on a hiatus. We are, a th we had a 30 day suspension. And then a week later, we went to a 60 day suspension for both MLS and USL. Right now we're looking at May 10th as a return date, but we're furloughed until June 25th. So I'm assuming either June and on is when we're looking at probably returning back to the pitch. So what it means for me is June 25th is a potential judgment day where I can 
either be brought back onto work. I could be terminated based upon the season not being um, in, in effect yet. Or if we haven't continued the season yet, but it's still looking like it's on the radar, then I could continue an extension of furlough and then come back when we do bring the season back. Or if it's not long enough, then it could be a termination if we don't have enough money due to a lack of games or no games at all. So currently it's just up in the air. I think there are a lot of people who are kind of up in the air like that because we're seeing pretty historic unemployment rates um, just across the Wasatch Front and and all of Utah with so many people filing for unemployment. Obviously, COVID-19 is hitting a lot of businesses hard, and our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to to everybody struggling um, with that at this time. Did that, in some ways, I don't necessarily want to say help, but I don't know maybe of a better better adjective but but did that maybe kind of aid you when you got when you did get the call knowing that okay a lot of people are going through this and so there are ways to work around it there's a way to get over this because you know I'm not alone I think the fact that yeah I think the fact that I I kind of foresaw coming about two weeks ago helped me to stay calm anyways because as two weeks before it had happened is when a lot of people were just being let go and being furloughed and when that when that part hit to me, it was just like, okay, this is happening everywhere. This isn't just me being singled out. And honestly, with seasons being cut, I mean, you see what you saw what happened to the Jazz, NHL cut everything. If you look at the Grizzlies for the local sports fan, the Utah Grizzlies hockey team here, they were six games away from their season ended, and they killed their season and playoffs. So if you're looking at the bigger picture, for us to have to cancel games for thirty to sixty days and up, you're paying somebody to work from home, but you're not getting revenue. And I mean. At the end of the day, I'm not – I wouldn't see that as a bad thing because I figured as a businessman, you have to keep business going. And if you're not bringing in revenue, you have to cut costs in some way. So I'm not – I wasn't really disappointed because I, I, it's just what's happening everywhere. So, yeah, I felt, I felt confident and comfortable with everything because of the fact that everywhere is getting this. Um, it did help to feel a little more comfortable. But I think what really helped me to feel comfortable was – when the stimulus bill was being passed to know that unemployment resources were there and that if this were to hit me, whether it would have been this week or if it would have been in another month or now waiting to see that the season wasn't starting yet, I just knew that there would be resources available. So yeah, the comfort was very, very beneficial for this. So what kinds of resources did Rayal and also the unemployment office point you to to help you kind of navigate this time? What, what kinds of things did they gear you towards? Can you walk us through just maybe a couple of the, maybe a couple of the easier to explain options even? I mean, how, yeah. how easy was it for you to kind of get in touch with the right people? Well, definitely. So the first thing was in, in the phone call, they said, we advocate for you to go for unemployment. And so when that part hit, I, first thing I did is I logged on for unemployment. Um, unemployment was an easy process. You just get on, you submit your, your past work experience. And then, I mean, I haven't been approved yet, which I don't see why I wouldn't be. They're not, if they're encouraging us, they're not going to try to challenge it. So that's the good news, I assume at least. But um, past that, I'd say, like, so getting on unemployment, it was nice to see how many weeks that they will provide it for. They don't expect you to do job search due to the COVID aspect. Like normally when you go for unemployment, they expect you to do at least three job prospecting a week. But since it's with COVID and it's a furlough, they understand that you're trying to get back into your position. So they're, they're not expecting you to search for any jobs. So that's the good news first off. Second, when it came to job searching, 
I mean, I've had plenty of resources come through. Um, on the Workforce Services website, there are a lot of um, jobs posted and job boards that can help put people in the right direction. Um, I, people have given me a lot of lists as to like different trades that are hiring, different things that you can look for, and grocery stores, Costco, it, a lot of things, just to say the least. And um, so it's, I've had those resources step by step wise. I mean, huh, honestly, there's not really a lot to say on that. It's just, you know, you have to pick up and move on. I mean, I know it's easy to be upset and be discouraged. Like I have a wife and kids and my wife was furloughed too about a month ago. And when she was furloughed, she supplemental income for us, but it was still a big thing for us because that it was our car payment. So we had to look at that. I mean, she immediately got on on appointment, did that and it was done. So now we're back to comfort with that. Um, With everything else, it's just going through and, and figuring it all out by, going on the unemployment website overall. I mean, it's just on that website, I'd say. I hope that answers that part, right? No, yeah, totally. I mean, so it sounds like you're, you, you've gotten a lot of, I guess, official help, for lack of a better term, from, from the state, from, the, from workforce services, from the, the unemployment office, et cetera. And then you've also gotten kind of some, some unofficial help as well from just people who are reaching out, seeing how you're doing, saying, hey, I saw this place was hiring or this place is hiring. I think you'd be good at, at that. Have you been getting a lot of those types of tips as well? Definitely. So here's one thing I could give a good recommendation for actually, now that we're thinking about um, LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, you should be first off. The reason why is because it's just, it's, it's better than a resume. I mean, as a person who hired before, I always check people's LinkedIn before I check their resumes just to make sure that they lined up and to see what I could see about them, like how their, their styles were. So the first thing I did after I, I got let go was I posted a status to Facebook, obviously, because that's what we do. <laughs> but I posted something just to see about leads and see what people had to say. The era we live in. Yep. <laughs> it, it is. And so it's nonetheless. But I, I literally copied and pasted the same message and I put it on LinkedIn verbatim and maybe added a little bit more on LinkedIn something about I'm looking to go back to sports or no I added my skills on the LinkedIn one I said good at sports good at um, community relations good at sales and good at writing and immediately I had a dozen people comment about these virtual job fairs that are coming up Um, I had people talk about different places that are hiring I had people tagging other people I actually in the first day of posting it I had two people reach out saying, hey, I might have an offer for you. <laughs> so, I mean, if I wanted to change industries, I could probably get an offer right now. I'm not looking at that immediately because I, I like being in sports and I don't want to walk away from something that I really love. And I have to also relearn something else. But at the same time, if push comes to shove and I need to take care of my family, that's where I'm going to go. So, but yeah, again, LinkedIn, I mean, 100%, putting something up on LinkedIn, connecting with a lot of random people and people seen that my post i posted it i want to say as of tonight it was three days ago and in these last three days it's been seen by over 4800 people i'm not even connected with 4800 people and so i'm doing something right with this so yeah i would recommend that 100 percent. is that that's that's really cool actually right there because 
I mean, we just, we see so much bad happening because of the coronavirus, COVID-19, the economic fallout with it, you know, massive unemployment, the stock market is dropping and everything. Um, but you sound, you sound like you've had a lot of just really good human experiences of people reaching out, people connecting you, trying to do what they can to kind of help, help you through a tough time. It almost seems like this pandemic and I don't want to put words in your mouth necessarily, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seems seems like this pandemic has, it can teach us some good things just about the human spirit and humanity in general. Is that is that right? A hundred percent. I mean, you, first off, you see how fortunate and blessed we are to have people that, to connect and care. But past that, you're seeing a lot. You hear a lot of the media about people stealing from other people in their carts, grocery stores, all these like, people are savages right now. But if you, look at things like this i mean we're we're here to look out for one another i was blessed enough to keep my job up until late and i mean i honestly am shocked to stay this long so i have no ill feelings on that but now other people are blessed to keep their jobs and those people who are blessed are super quick to say hey look i can't get you hired on here but i can help give you these resources or i know my buddy's company is hiring or this or that and even with the stranger aspect i mean to see how many strangers have reached out and said something back on this, people, forty, like I said, forty-eight hundred people, and I'm connected to maybe two thousand. I'm, if that even, I'm stoked to see that we are uniting. It's like, and I, I don't want to use this in a wrong connotation, but post September 11th, there wasn't a skin difference skin color difference there wasn't a gender difference there wasn't a wage difference there wasn't a class difference we were all united and together and we kind of are getting back to that i think the only thing that's hurting us right now is the fact that it's an election year and that politics keep playing an effect into everything so people keep trying to throw that donald trump sucks this or joe biden sucks this or whatever and so the unfortunate part is that we keep playing politics but if we could get on take the politics aside and look at each other like, hey, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love me. I hope you saw what I did there. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys reference. But um, if we could just love each other and just look past the differences, we're going to continue to keep going uphill with it, in my opinion. As a child of the 90s, I'm always down for a BSB reference. So I'm, <laughs> I'm always down, my friend. I'm glad. I was worried you didn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it on there. But yeah, I, and so it's been humbling to see that we're looking out. And I mean, up until I got hit with this, I've been trying to help people out. I've shared some toilet paper squares here and there. Can't give up a whole roll. That's that's gold right now. But <laughs> but I mean, it's it's super humbling to see that we're looking out for each other. And it, it, I think it sure. needs to be bigger. That's why I was so happy to jump on this because I know that, I mean, for my sake right now, I have a lot going on. I have kids that I'm trying to take care of, but there are people who who aren't going to be able to take care of that aren't that have more to worry about. I have family around me. I have people who are relocated here that are, are out of work and they have no one to rely on or to help them out. And so for me, I the last thing I ever want to do is complain about. It. So I've been doing my best to stay optimistic about this. And the biggest thing, Sean, the biggest thing I think about this is you know. It, it sucks and it's hard and it, we're all in a house arrest right now, but we're going to get out of this. We're going to get out of it stronger and eventually we're going to get back together. We'll see each other at soccer games again. We'll see each other at the grocery store or house parties or 
whatever it is that we do for our fun. And the bowling alleys and the restaurants will open back up. And it's terrible that it is like this right now. But if we just stay strong and get through it, we're going to get through it as well as we can. Like, I've definitely got cabin fever. My three kids are driving me insane. I'm not a teacher. I realize that the teachers, the schooling system is not broken. It's my parenting and my kids that are broken. <laughs> but you just have to stay positive because if you don't, it doesn't change anything. It's, if, you're, if you're scared and soaking about anything that's happening, it's not going to change what's happening. So instead, you just have to stay positive, stay strong, and say, you know what, today's going to be a better day than yesterday. And if it's not, then make tomorrow a better day. That's really well said, Jesse. I I don't think I can add anything to that because that is much better said than anything I can do. I'm going to give you just a golf clap right Thank here. You. I don't know if you can Thank hear you. that, but yeah. I can, yeah. I can give you a golf clap that, right there. Uh, that makes me miss golfing right now. <laughs> That's the hard part right now. Yeah, uh, I, I can't wait for the PGA Tour to return this fall, but this is a soccer podcast. So, yes. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining us on the soccer podcast here. And to kind of pull it right back around to Real Salt Lake, Real Monarchs, uh, Utah Royals FC, like we like to talk about. Um, the future is so up in the air, but what do you maybe hope that your future is like? Do you, are you hoping to be able to go back to the team or maybe to, to a different club to kind of stick around? Again, you're still rocking your Monarch sweatshirt there. You haven't ripped it off yet through this interview. No. So are, do you, are, I mean, are you still, are you still RSLTID? Are you still a fan for life? Are you hoping to kind of get your job back there or what's kind of your plan there? Well, I was going to say it too until you, but you just took it right out of my mouth. But like you said, RSLTID. So that hashtag can never go away. Um, I, I'm local. I love the Monarchs. I love Real. So if, if another club were to take me, I mean, I came from hockey to come over here. You never know where sports is going to take you. So, I mean, if an opportunity were to come while I'm in this furlough, then I, I might take something. But at the same time, ideally, I would love to see myself go back. I mean, it's been an, a wonderful, amazing ride. Um, I, I came on with the Monarchs at the end of our season last year. I watched this clean sheet the end of the season, and I watched us go through the playoffs. We never made it past first round last season. We not only made it past first round, we won first, second, and third, and then we went on to the championship game. I got to go some cup winners, baby. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. I got to. I got to be in Kentucky to watch that. So it was loose city, baby. I watched them us take them down three to one, and just being a part of that game was was incredible. So I know my heart's with this club, and to be able to see what we can do with it is amazing. And I mean, for that matter, like you said, this is a big RSL and Royals podcast. But I know a lot of those fan base don't make it over to the Monarchs games. I, I'm telling you, if you haven't been out to a Monarchs game, you're missing out. It's a very intimate and fun experience. Plus, like you just said, USL winners. We are the champions, baby. And if here's the deal. I, I don't want to wish, like with what you asked, what I hope. I don't want to wish that we don't get a season this year. But, I mean, if we don't get a season this year, technically we – maintain that championship winning because there's another no year of being the defending champs that's right I mean, technically we are so you guys have a back-to-back defending champion here that you can come on support and check out so i i'd like to see us though ideally i know we said at first it was going to be like may 1st and it, no it was april 1st we were going to be back or april 17th is what it was and then we had to kill that and go to may 10th and 
I don't think we'll be back May 10th, unfortunately, but maybe June 1st to July 1st, we might be. I'm crossing my fingers and you see this, like you're my witness. I'm crossing my fingers here. But I, I want to believe we'll be back then. And if we're back in June, July, I want to see us come in full strength, selling out that stadium and making an epic and amazing um, and intimate experience for people. So like my job is to get you out and have a good time. It's not just to make you come out to a game. It's to make sure that your game's a good experience. That's exactly what my position is. So whether it's with, any of the three teams, RSL, TID, we're stronger together. So hashtag stronger yeah. together. That's right. I want to see us back on the pitch super soon. I want to be back with this team if I had a choice. I I love you bringing that up to Jesse because I was talking with uh, another sports executive that shall remain unnamed right now, <laughs> but earlier today, um, and and we were kind of realizing just how I think COVID nineteen has it's taught us in a lot of ways what's really essential in life. Um, you know, home, family, um, a, a good job, hopefully, ideally, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, it's taught us what is essential. We use the word essential a lot now, who's an essential worker and an essential employee and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I think it's also taught us that in, in a well-functioning society, we also want to be more than essential. And I think sports are a big part of that community of being more than essential uh, oh, yeah. of being just so much more than kind of the bare minimum that's where i mean that's that's where you know it's it's in sports it's in those soccer games or those football games or basketball games whatever uh whatever sport you love um hockey games whatever uh but it's in those moments that we find community we find friendships and and we find people who who can stick by with stick by us through thick and thin really um so yeah, so very well said. I mean, even even when times are tough, when times get you down, I, I just think that they, it gives you a little bit of optimism to kind of keep going and keep pushing through. And, and um, to quote another unnamed musical of several years ago, we're all in this together, right? Yes, definitely. I, I would Shout out to my East Thai Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I like that. That's good. I want to – I would add to that with what you just said. I mean, sports sports is more than essential. I mean, here's the big thing for me is the irony is that I'm not a huge sports fan in the sense that I don't follow a team. I grew up watching RSL. I grew up watching the Jazz. I followed, like, the 97-98 Jazz until they broke my heart twice in a row. Uh, I followed RSL. You and me I both. Watched, <laughs> I think a lot of this stays in on that one, so that's the good news. We're, we're in this together, like you said. <laughs> But um, I RSL, I watched our championship against LA Galaxy in Seattle. I watched our championship opportunity against Sporting KC at home there. I almost went to that game. <laughs> and so, I mean, sports is something I care about. But here's the biggest thing is that, like you said, it's more than essential because it's a dire distraction for everyone. When things are going rough, like right now, you have the opportunity to go out watch a sporting event. You're, I'm sure you're watching athletes get paid crazy amount of dollars to do something that they love. But again, that's, we all could have been there if we would have put our hearts and soul into something. So for these guys, like we're watching something, we're engaged, guys and girls, obviously, because we have women. Let's be, let's be PC on that, women. And I have two daughters, so hashtag girl dad, okay? But um, when it comes to this, we're, we're not thinking about what's going on in life we're not thinking about any financial burdens we're not thinking about family life death 
uh, not thinking about our employment. We're at this game, watching this event, and having a great time with our families and our friends. So with that, I mean, you're high-fiving random strangers when a goal goes into that, whether that's soccer, hockey, or basketball. Um, it all is such an exciting atmosphere, and we need that in our lives. It's such a cultivating part of where we live. But going back to the hope that you were talking about, too, I think that's another thing that we all need to remember. This is a crazy time we're in right now, and we can look back at it and say, what is happening? We have an earthquake. We're having people steal. They're not steal. Let's stock a bunch of toilet paper. Like, they're going to crap themselves or something. Um, we have people going just nuts out here and this COVID is just out of control and changing by the daily people are losing their jobs like I have been a victim of um we're, we're having a lot of I want to I don't know if tragedy is a lot as a strong word but let's just use it for the sake of argument we're having a lot of tragedy and, and disappointment in life but the silver lining of everything is there for all of us and we have to find it for me I work in sports and I miss a lot of time with my kids. So coming from a hockey team, 36 home games, from October to April, I never was home. I never was. And this last three weeks, four weeks, I've been home with my kids more than I could have imagined. I've been home with them so much that I look forward to being away from them. But it's been such a refreshing atmosphere and experience. Like I've been watching my youngest get his first steps in. And with my second child, I didn't get to see those things. And so... Again, silver lining. Find what you're getting out of this and make the best of what you have because pretty soon we will go back to a normal that we're going to wish for something like this again. Very well said. Very well said. There's always a silver lining. There's always something that we can, that we can learn or, or glean, some sort of optimism that we can get. Do you want uh, to hear something ironic on that? I was telling my wife, we were looking over Facebook posts and she sent me something about my kids. It was on February 18th. And it was like, oh, look what they did. And I was like, oh, I miss you guys. I wish I was home right now. I, I wish I could have more time at home. On February 18th, I was looking through comments with her on Facebook and friends. On February 18th, they said that. And three weeks, three weeks later, here I am. Be careful what you wish for, right? Be careful what you <laughs> wish for, right? Exactly. Um, Jesse Sanchez, formerly of Royale Monarchs and the RSL organization, Futurely as well, we're hoping, crossing our fingers, we're going to yes. give you a little bit of uh, Salt City FC karma that you can yes. get that job back and, and that we can all get back to work and just as a nation, get back to work and get back to our normal lives. Thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us for a couple of minutes. I really think this is going to be uh, just invaluable for a lot of people going through the same thing. It's my pleasure. And again, if people need help, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to reach out. My name is Jesse Sanchez. Um, I'm sure you'll post that. So again, I'm happy to help out with anything. If you have questions, comments, or concerns. We'll link to Jesse's LinkedIn profile in the show notes of the show as well. So you guys can click right over there. I think it's Jesse D. Sanchez, I believe is the, uh, uh, yeah, Jesse D. Sanchez on LinkedIn is the, the hyperlink, the URL. So we'll link to that in the show notes for you guys as well. Thank you, Jesse. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.